Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, we're only a couple of days away from the big matchup here. And this one's uh, what the AFC South looks like coming down to. Yeah, it, it's a game that's been circled since that week three game um, when the Texans won 37-17. And this is a huge game for Jacksonville. And it reminds me of, uh, you know, the Texans remind me of where Jacksonville was last year, kind of that hot team, the it team, the AFC South, riding that hot streak. Um, the Texans doing good. And they're a team that worries me. I, I've said it on multiple podcasts and um, in our Teal the Show Pluses that this game was, to me, a, a challenging one for me, that you had to um, get the Texans um, – Right now, when they're hot and they're they're the team that worries me. C.J. Stroud is is playing uh, unbelievably well, and I'm just, I'm I'm worried about this game for Jacksonville. Yeah, look, this is an this is an interesting one. So let's go back to the first meeting between these two teams because basically we got a preview. Right. So that first game against the Texans was one where you kind of feel like everything that went wrong. Um, th- there was nothing that went right for right, the Jaguars no, that way. at all, and that is why. It, you know that there's no way they could have won that game. Yep. So when we start talking about everything that went wrong, you know they had two turnovers that day, plus you had a blocked field goal, Oof. plus you had a field goal or a kickoff return returned by a fullback right. for a touchdown, plus you had blown coverages on the defense that let Tank Dell have like wide open touchdowns. So there was there was there was problems on all three phases. Yes. It's very rare that you can sit here and say, man. All three phases went wrong. Nothing went right. Nothing. Absolutely nothing went right that day for the Jaguars. Absolutely. I mean, it, again, when you even if you look at it and say a fullback return a kickoff or a touchdown, that to me is inexcusable. I mean, the heaviest, heaviest player who returned a kickoff or a touchdown in NFL history, that's just unbelievable. Then you factor in the offense was, was absolutely abysmal that game. Uh, 27 of 40 passing for Trevor, 279, a touchdown and a pick. Um, offense – as a whole, just did not move the ball well. Uh, and you thought maybe in that third quarter that things were getting back in gear and Jacksonville was kind of making a run, and uh, Houston answered them every step of the way. Jacksonville tried to counter, um, and Houston countered right back. So just nothing went right. And usually it's one area failing in a game. Usually Jags defense plays well while their offense struggles or the special teams are on and the defense struggles. But like you said, that game was a breakdown in every phase of the game, Brandon McManus, field goal blocked, um, the kickoff, busted kickoff, um, just nothing went right for Jacksonville that game. And that's why I think that was um, maybe an anomaly in that game as opposed to any kind of pattern because you don't see games by the Jaguars where all three phases are just an absolute implosion like they did in week three. And that's why I think this uh, this game Sunday is going to be a little bit different. Well, see, and that that's what I was getting at when, when I wanted to explain all of the things that went wrong, is that it almost feels like it was an anomaly. An anomaly. Because, not just because it's the Jaguars, but because there's different things that just don't normally happen. Normally, special teams is like, meh. 
it's pretty steady hold the line. It's tough to say, like, everything went wrong on special teams. It went badly. And some of the mistakes weren't necessarily, like, the Texans doing them. It was just silly stuff by the Jaguars. So... We can even talk about a few of them. Like I said, blown coverage. Darius Williams has played fantastic this right. season. Somewhere that blown coverage was between either him or Rayshon Jenkins. Both guys have played pretty well this year. So somebody, one of them blew a coverage that gives a touchdown. You have the fullback that returns it for the kick for a touchdown. And that was Jacob Harris who had that outside contain. First time playing this season. Mm-hmm. Called up that week because of an injury. He's on special teams. The ball's flopping around on the ground. He got a little excited, gets out of his space, and there goes the big guy down the sideline. Nobody's there to catch him. Yeah. Again, things that are controllable right. that don't take like huge, like huge wholesale changes to fix. Yeah, and in Jacksonville, that game statistically dominated Houston. More total yards that game, 404 to 366. More passing yards, more rushing yards. Um, just so many different things. I mean, first downs, they had more, 22 to 15 in that situation. But the, the story of that game were the interception, the fumble, both those led to touchdowns or led to points. Um, the kickoff return for a touchdown, again, something you don't see too often. A field goal that's blocked, you get uh, you get the ball back uh, if you're Houston. So Jacksonville dominated in every category. So that, to me, that, that game was just such an aberration, such an anomaly. You don't see games like that too often. Um, and I'm not going to say Houston got lucky that game because I think they, they stomped down on the Jags next when they needed to in that game. You're down four offensive linemen. Um, Eight starters didn't play in that game, so I just think it was such an anomaly for for that result to have happened how it did when you controlled every statistical category in that game. I don't think we'll see a repeat of that. I think uh, they have more tape on C.J. Stroud now. Granted, he's played extremely well, even though teams have had that tape on him, but I do think they will play more thorough They'll play better. Houston historically has dominated this series, um, so we'll see if they can get it done. I think they'll play a cleaner game, um, and I do think they, a little bit of revenge on the mind of, of Jaguars players. And um, they hear the they hear those criticisms. They haven't beat anybody of merit this season. So there's two ways we can look at this, right? Um, I, I'm with you. I do think this is going to be a very different game. I do think that the Jaguars kind of like that. Overall, the national narrative seems to be that the Texans are going to roll over this team. The Texans are the upstart. C.J. Stroud, this, C.J. Stroud, that. How good is Houston? While it's like, eh, the Jaguars haven't beaten him. I feel like that's the national yeah. story right now. Right. And this team likes that, honestly. I'm sure Doug Peterson's, like, sitting there loving it. Like, calling his anybody he knows at NFL Network, please, yeah, the Texans are going to win. Tell everybody, you know, um, because – this team plays their best when they're doubted. Right. And, and they did they did last year. I mean, yeah. who who saw that uh late season surge coming when then Jacksonville was three and seven, um, and Trevor's still doing math in his head. If we win these games, we can get in the playoffs. Nobody believed that at all. Um and then now the narrative has shifted a little bit. Jags can't beat anybody. They're beating you know, teams on the on the down, you know, Pittsburgh struggling, fired its offensive coordinator, you beat the Bills, they later fired the offensive coordinator. So I think that narrative nationally on Jacksonville and of course the Jags have not helped themselves when they're uh, getting blown out at home by San Francisco, thirty-four to three. So mm-hmm. I do see the uh, I do see merit in those comments, but again, I think Jacksonville um, can take that step forward with a with a big victory of Houston, kind of beat back that momentum, and then that national narrative like Houston and C.J. Stroud um, are the team of the uh, of right now and the future. So I know some of this may sound like that we're you know we're just favoring the Jags completely in some of these, but you know. 
look, I know we cover the Jaguars, but we've been relatively critical of them mm-hmm. here or over the course of this thing. I also want to just point out just how different this season is for like Jaguars fans that are out there. You may feel like, oh, this is a, a, a very different season with the number of wins, and we can talk about best start since 1999. But this run that they're on right now, this is a very different team than a lot of Jaguar than Jaguars fans probably have ever really enjoyed. How many? I, you might know this one. You're pretty good with sports trivia, so I'm, I'm going to give you this. All one. right. How many times in franchise history have the Jaguars finished first place in their division in or, or not not back to back? How many times have they had back to back years where they finished in first place? Oh man, I'm going to say twice, maybe. Once. Once, okay. They did it one time. 98-99? It was 98-99. They finished in first place each time. Outside of that, it's been one-offs. Okay, yeah. Here, there. Second place is here, there. So now, you did it last year. A win on Sunday. All of a sudden, you're in the driver's seat to do that for just the second time in franchise history. And absolutely. And, again, you need this win. You cannot – we talked about this not last week but the week before, just how little margin for error there is if Jacksonville is to lose this game. I mean, you lose this game, you're second place in the division now. You're tied record-wise, but the Texans have the tiebreaker over you. They've swept you. That's – that's not good. I mean, Doug Peterson addressed it last week as well. That you don't, yeah, you you don't want to lose. You don't want to make the playoffs losing twice to a team in your division at all. You want to go in as a uh, AFC South champ. Um, and again, the, the Texans have that mind hex over you if they beat you this week. So um, the Texans finishing schedules a little bit, uh, uh, should we say, less uh, imposing than Jacksonville's remaining schedule. Well, Jacksonville's ain't that bad either, though. That now yeah. it's not. Now it's yeah. not with Joe Burrow being out. Right. And, um, so I, I do think that Jacksonville wins this game on, on Sunday, and I do think they restore a little bit of that uh, that normalcy that was around early on this season where um, they had that swagger, they had that excitement going into that Week 2 Chiefs game. I think a win over the Texans gets that uh, gets them back to that point. You mentioned the Chiefs, and you mentioned going into the playoffs. With the Chiefs losing to the Eagles, Jaguars should be looking at, okay, hold on, there's an opportunity right. here to go and be the number one seed. Right. They just need the Chiefs to stumble, and they keep rolling. But the team has to look at it like that and go out there and take care of business. Now, one thing that we've talked about here and that um, uh, that I, w- I want to get your, your opinion on, we've talked about how this team feels like they're at their best on the road. They're at their best when their back's against the wall and everybody's doubting them. At some point, you feel like they have to just say, you know, that there's a maturity level, right? That you see with those San Francisco teams, you see it with the Kansas City Chiefs. They just go out there, hang 21 on you, and then say, ah, what you going to do? Right. You know, and, and this team hasn't made it there yet. Um, I, I don't think it's a talent thing. I don't think it's a scheme thing. Maybe it's a mindset thing. Oh, well, we got we to gotta make sure it's a game. We gotta, uh, everybody has to doubt us before we, you know. Uh, at some point, they got to get there. Yeah, and I think they will. I think um, they continue to do that. They're winning on the road. They're playing well on the road. Um, but, again, I think there are some hurdles that remain for them. You can't you play, you've historically played terribly against the Texans. Um, the, the Texans are up on you almost 2-1 to one in that series. So um, you can't do that. Jacksonville historically has had a tradition of playing down to bad teams and mm-hmm. playing um, you know, I'm talking when Jacksonville has been good they've historically played poorly against teams that they should beat um, and I do think that's uh, 
maybe a little bit of that mental aspect. And this spans different coaching regimes. It just in the franchise history, the team has played down against uh, inferior competition. And um, I don't know, is the team like that this year? They don't have that killer instinct quite yet. I think you saw that a little bit against the Titans last week, that killer instinct kind of coming about. Maybe that was the, the flipping point. Maybe that was the switch game uh, that they needed to kind of get into that next half of the schedule and uh, start beating those teams badly that they're supposed to beat badly. they got to hit the hit the ground running. We'll see if they can do it. Maybe they can start it this week against the Houston Texans. All right, uh, so this is obviously the big game. And the conversation everybody's having is uh, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a big game for both of these teams. Maybe the biggest game between these two teams ever. Right. I mean, they've played a lot of football. I mean, over 40 games against one another. Right. Uh, of the teams in the division, the Jaguars have their lowest winning percentage against the Houston Texans. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a 33, uh, a 33% win rate, which isn't great. But they've these two teams have never really had these late a late season game with these sorts of implications on the line before. Yeah, and and the reason why these teams the Texans have been bad. The Texans have been bad. Remember, they're an expansion franchise mm-hmm. um, that headed to um, headed to Houston after the Oilers left town for Tennessee. So this is an expansion franchise, younger than the Jaguars, uh, and to me, it's unbelievable how David Carr and and those guys early on in that that series just dominated Jacksonville and it should not have been it should have been the other way around and um, for some reason they have just not been able to get over that Texans hump with any kind of consistency so um, I do think this week it uh, it changes on that I think Jacksonville will uh, carry that Tennessee swagger over from uh, from last week's win and um, you know I know the hype is CJ Stroud right now and Texans being a team of the future but I think Jacksonville could kind of uh, put a little of uh, squash that a little bit with a big win uh, Sunday in Houston all right so I think you just alluded to what your pick might be for this <laughs> game a little bit so let's talk about it what you, you think Jaguars walking out winners I think they do I think it's a close game though I think it's uh, Jags 29 27 they go into Houston get the win you know this game was a pick them uh, on the on the betting line so um, odds makers not not a big fan of Jacksonville at this point. So, uh, but I do think they go in. I think they have a little chip on their shoulders. You know, that's cliche. I do think they have that um, kind of on their their shoulders, on their helmets from that last week. And I'm sure they hear the national narratives. I'm sure they uh, have heard the C.J. Stroud hype. And I do think they're going to be focused and uh, go into Houston and come back with a win. Line may have shifted a little bit on our Florida Hard Rock uh, sports betting app. Jaguars are 1.5 point favorites. Okay, yeah, slight All right. favorites on the road. So, um, it, it, look, I'm with you. I think the Jaguars go in there and win. Uh, ultimately, I think it, I don't think it's that close. Uh, give me, I I think it's almost a flip score from last time. I said 30-17. Um, think the Jaguars roll in this one. I this team has revenge on their mind. They have payback in their sights because they they were not happy after that game. I'm telling you, the locker room. After that Chiefs loss was one thing. The locker room after that Texans loss, whole different thing. Yeah, and I, and I think last week you saw a little bit of that kind of revenge in a sense. You know, even though the Titans, they you know hadn't played earlier this season, so there wasn't that. But I think it was almost a national narrative revenge game to me. I think Trevor was pissed in that game. I think he came out and played that way, uh, calling his number twice, two rushing touchdowns. I think there was a little bit of uh, kind of defiance or we told you so kind of uh, outlook in that game last week. So I do think that they will carry that over this week. I think they'll have a, a little bit of that momentum and that little bit of chip on their shoulder, that little bit of a little bit of something extra going 
going into Houston because they've heard the talks. I mean, these guys are, are grown men. They see stuff. They hear things that have been said and written. So I do think they carry that over uh, and, Sunday. And if you listen closely to uh, the Jaguars locker room post after the game when Trevor and Doug were in the locker room, you can hear Trevor say, I'm 1-3 and three against those guys. So he's clearly yeah, keeping count. They know. And, they and know. he knows what, what's up and what needs to happen on the field on Sunday. I think the Jaguars win this game. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll even give you my guy. We, we've done this a few times. I'll go first. All okay. right. I'll I'll let you see what you think here. I think my guy's Travis Etienne. All right. I think Travis is going to go off. And I, this one, I actually got stats to back it up. How about this? In every career game against the Houston Texans, he's had over 110 yards from scrimmage. Over 110 yards from scrimmage. The Jaguars didn't play. Haven't played well every time they've played the Texans. But somehow Travis Etienne just seems to rack up yards against that defense. I think Travis has another good day. Okay. He, you, we saw some flashes of it uh, last week against the Titans. They, and they brought him to the sideline because they knew they didn't have to work him that hard. This one, I think Travis is, get, is back in the end zone. Big day. Uh, racks up some yardage and Jaguars rolling. Okay, you know my guy last week went off. You I did, had all right. Ridley. I had Calvin Ridley. So that, that was definitely a hit last week for me. Yep. Um, so I'm going to – I had Calvin last week. I'm going to say this week it's uh, Christian Kirk is a is a big game guy. Um, it, having Zay Jones in that lineup makes such a difference. You know he's not quote unquote the key to that lineup, but he's he's key to the lineup in in the sense that it allows Christian and, and Calvin to play a little bit more naturally and freely. So I do think he adds that. You know he, Zay's probably not going to go six for 105 and two touchdown kind of game. But I think what he adds, I mean, four catches for 20, 25 yards last week, mm-hmm. nothing earth-shattering, but he allows T- you know, Calvin Ridley to be a Calvin. He allows Christian and Evan to be Christian and Evan. So I do think uh, this week uh, I'm going to say Christian Kirk is the big one, and I think Zay Jones plays again and plays well. Um, and you see that. Zay Jones just adds something to this offense, being that number three receiver. Yeah, they, they don't have another replacement for him. Um, that's the I mean, that's the key is like – Look, we talked about these receivers and, oh, the Jaguars are going to have hard cuts. Parker Washington's a backup for Christian Kirk. Right. He's not. You, you're not playing Parker outside. Jamal Agnew, right, he's he not, can line right. up outside, but he's not going to give you that. That's not his skill set. He doesn't have the same skill set. Uh, that's why I kept I kept wondering. I was like, all right, if Zay's going to keep missing games, are y'all going to at least see what Elijah Cooks can do? Because, mm-hmm. like, we like Tim Jones. Right. Mm, he's a solid special teamer. But you know what he is as a receiver, and right. he doesn't have a similar skill set to Zay. Right. So, even a Jamal Agnew when he's on the field, you know, he offers a bit of big play potential. But to me, I think Jamal is more of a, um, more of almost a liability in that receiver he, position. He would be at his best in the Kirk position as well. Mm-hmm. Small guy, line up off the line of scrimmage in the slot, move him around, get him some passes in space, let him do some of those things. That's where those. That's right. where Jamal would be at his best, and that's where Parker would be at his best. Neither, that's not to say they can't line up outside, right? but they're not going to give you as good of uh, playing time as you're going to get from a guy like Zay Jones, who is never going to be uh, the complete star, but he'll make those acrobatic catches, rack up uh, you know, a few hundred yards a season with some touchdowns to go along, and he is a cog in every receiving right. group he's been in on and, different teams. You know, you, you heard Doug Peterson talk about it after the game last week on 
you know, having Zay and what impact that does. And he said it's a huge difference because he allows you to block. Um, he's a great blocker. Uh, he adds that into the, the game. And, you know, even if he didn't have an exceptional um, stat line last game, but what he offers the team, again, run blocking. That's uh, not, a, not a stat that shows up in the box score. You know, you're, uh, the targets, yeah, I think he was targeted four times and, and caught all those balls, but it allows those receivers to play their natural positions. Christian Kirk and the underneath and the, the – cuts and slants and it allows Calvin to be that long ball kind of guy so uh, you saw that last week with his addition to that lineup and I think that is a big difference uh, in this Houston game and I think again Jacksonville I think is, is going to be playing pissed off and uh, know they can take a big step towards that AFC South title with the win Sunday. Yeah so I think we're in agreement here we both think the Jaguars walk out winners we'll see what happens on the field on Sunday hey thanks for hanging out with us for this news for Jags podcast we'll see you next time.